This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, Alice Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parking or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com hello and welcome to the Lobe strangers a swindon town fan podcast with me rich pullen rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside beautiful play that is that what a good shot Hello and welcome to the 50th episode of the Low Strangers podcast. Thanks, as always, for listening. 50 episodes, eh? Wow. I honestly didn't think much would come to this little endeavour. So to complete the season, having talked Swindon Town with the likes of Joe Butler, Fraser Digby, Cy Ferry, the Bodins and Super Sammy Parkin, well, it's exceeded all of the hopes I had when I was in the planning stages of doing the pod. So thank you all for sticking with me during that time. My guest for this episode is Lawrence Vigory. Well, this was something of an unexpected and very pleasant surprise, with Lawrence agreeing to do this on the very same day that the town retained list was released. He, rather sensibly in my opinion, felt that coming onto the pod was a good opportunity to discuss his town career, plus some of the misdemeanours and common misconceptions that have occurred during his four seasons at the club. Lawrence started his career in London, within the youth setups of Brentford and Tottenham Hotspur before moving to Liverpool in 2014. He joined Swindon initially on loan in 2015 and made that move permanent the following year. Lawrence went on to play 130 times for Swindon in all competitions, from Mark Cooper to Richie Wellens, to player of the season to a loan spell out in Ireland with Waterford, from sweeper keeper to hoof distributor. It's been a busy time. My thanks to Lawrence for taking part. Obviously, it was genuinely great to talk to him. And I wish him all the best at his new club. Unless, of course, it's with a big rival. Anyway, it's time to sound the hooter for episode 50 of the Low Strangers podcast. Enjoy. 
This is quite an unexpected and amazing surprise for me. This must have had a turnaround of a few hours. Yeah, no, I've seen your thing on Twitter and I just thought, you know, like, I think it would be better for me to, to speak on something where they can hear me and not just read what I write on Twitter and stuff. So for the fans and that. So I think I think he's, I think he's smart in, in every way. So I'm happy to be on, on, on here. Fantastic. And I'm really glad you're there. And I completely agree with you on, on all those fronts. So the way I like to start this is with a very simple question or two questions is who did you support as a kid and who were your early football heroes I, I support I still support Chelsea a massive Chelsea fan like I, get, I try to go as much as I can um, usually on a Sunday because obviously we played on a Saturday so that would be that, that's who I supported and idols growing up um, I watched Gianfranco Zola he was amazing uh, Frank Lampard and obviously John Terry and that so I think you know, I've been spoiled you know because before I was alive we wasn't winning much and then now we've won We've won everything you can win. So, yeah, I've been quite spoiled in that sense. So was Petr Cech and Ed De Hoy never in that uh, list of uh, nah. heroes? <laughs> nah, Cech was, Cech was unbelievable. I like Kepa now. I really like Kepa. Uh, I like the style that he plays with. I know, obviously, it's been a bit of an up-and-down season for him, but I think he'll come good. I think for the style that the manager wants, I think he's perfect for it. So I really like him. I wasn't a massive fan of De Hoy, but... You know, that's football, really. And um, Czech was OK as well, to be fair. He got the most clean sheets ever in the Premier League, so you can't dispute that. So, were you were you always a goalkeeper playing football growing up, or were you outfield for a lot of it? No, I played outfield until I was about uh, 11, maybe 12 years old. Mm. And then I just thought, I'm not going to make outfield. <laughs> so I wanted to be a footballer, so uh, this wasn't quick enough. I like, wasn't quick over a long distance, so I just thought, nah, it's not going to work. So I went in goal. I was always used to playing goal like, with my friends back in my area and stuff. So I always like, but I was quite unorthodox. I still am now, to be fair. I'm not technically amazing as a goalkeeper, but um, I'm working on it every day and to try and become a much more English technical, if you understand what I'm saying, like goalkeeper, yeah. which is more secure, you know, yeah. like not um, unorthodox. I think it won't be a surprise to you that, that lots of fans look at you and you don't have the frame of a traditional conventional goalkeeper, do you? No, no, not at all. I'm quite skinny, to be fair. I've been getting told I need to go in the gym a lot more. So I think that's something I'm going to have to do over the summer. Um, try and put on a bit of weight. Uh, yeah, that's that's just normal, I think. Um, yeah, I'm quite slight, which is it works to my advantage because I think I'm quite agile. So I think that helps in that sense. But I think I need to put on a bit more weight, you know, to be a bit more stronger when I'm coming up against players and that. Yeah. And is it Brentford that you start your football journey sort of on a, on a yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was fourteen I was at um Brentford, I got signed. Uh it was good, really good. We didn't have the best team. Uh we didn't win many games. But it was a great experience, you know, like, you know, first time playing football with a proper academy and well it was a centre of excellence at the time and that was really good. Um and then I got to sixteen and it just didn't work out and um you know, I think it was good for me. You know, I went on trial everywhere in London. I went on trial at Barnet, Aldershot, Stevenage. Where else did I go? Chillingham. I went everywhere, and no one said yeah. And then I went to like a, I went to college for a year, which was like a Spurs Foundation thing, which is like um, you go there, you train every day, you play on a Wednesday afternoon. Mm -hmm. And I was there, and I was training. I was 
you know, I was just doing my work and all that. Trying to got to the point where in the second year, they were telling us to send off our UCAS applications, which is like a university thing to go to university in that. And um, I didn't, I didn't send it because I just, I, I knew in my head I was gonna play football at some level. I would play it, and I didn't, I didn't send it off. And I got lucky because Spurs needed a goalkeeper, and they, I was doing well in the foundation thing. And I went up there to train, and to be fair, I did, I did quite well. And then you know I played a game, and then, and then after that I signed. Like, and it's just a whirlwind. Like it's just every time I go, I went back there a few weeks ago just to speak to everyone and see how everyone's doing. And they, still then they can't believe that someone's come from the foundation that late. Because now you get kids that are like nine, ten, they're signed and they're there till they're eighteen, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, they still can't believe it. I think I'm like one of the only ones that was come to Spurs. So I think that's that's an achievement in itself, and I'm I'm really proud of it. Well, how does someone go on trial at Barnet and Stevenage and somehow end up at Spurs? Even though you've had to do it through like the back door of going through the uh, the community sense, but why is football like that? Why why does somebody who scouts Barnet not see what's something that Spurs can see? I just think because Spurs have more, they have more, I wouldn't say money because I, I'm, yeah, mm. they have more money, of course, but I mean like, it's, it's, more, it's more of a risk for Barnet because they they need to, if for, for example, Barnet or Stevenage because their youth team, they need, if they're taking someone at 17, 18, they need to be ready pretty soon. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think I was ready that, that young. But you know, you go Spurs, they give you time to develop and, even though you might not be ready at 18, they can afford to keep you there till you're 20, 21, because it's not a massive cost to the to the budget or whatever they have there. So it was no, it was lucky, you know. I, I, I'm really lucky, and then you know I, I'm happy that it went. It turned out that way. I think it's I think it's something that you know I'll treasure forever. Well, you have a quite a lovely experience at Spurs, to be honest. With playing alongside plenty of town links, Jack Bathroom, Kevin Stewart, Grant Hall, Alex Pritchard. Um, yeah. You play in the Next Gen series, so you play teams like Barcelona and Paris Saint-Germain. Like you said before, that must be a hell of a culture shock. Oh, yeah. like I'm playing Wednesday, Wednesday at two o'clock against the local college team, and then I go and play against uh, PSG with Coleman and Rabiot like, in the space of a year. It's just... <laughs> It's, you can't really write that, you know. To be fair, like it was, it was incredible, you know. And the players that we had in our team were, were and you can see it. And the proof is in the pudding, like with with all the players from our from our um, that next gen team. We've got players that one is in, you've got a couple in the Bundesliga, one at Schalke, scored two against Man City in the Champions League. You have got one at Werder Bremen. You got obviously you got Kevin Stewart's at Hull, Pritch is at Huddersfield. So you got like Harry Kane is at, well, still there, but he's England captain and. You know, so it's just, it was amazing, you know, you get to learn, you sponge off everyone there, you know, they've been there for a long time and then, you know, you just get to learn from, from everyone. You even spend a little bit of time out on loan in the National League with Hyde and for those who don't yeah. know, for those who don't know that Hyde are terrible around this time, not because of you, I mean, they were, they were known, they were almost like nationally famous because their Twitter handle was sort of taking the mick out of themselves and yeah. so, so, you had, <laughs> so you had plenty of goalkeeper practice in that month it's a bit of an odd one to me because London's got loads of football clubs at that level were you sort of was your journey to Liverpool coinciding with that Hyde loan spell was it just just happened to you went on a no not at all no no not at all sorry um it was well, there was there was three of us at, at Spurs at the time, or three goalkeepers: me, Jordan Archer, John Miles. So John Miles and Jordan Archer are a year above, and then I was the only one my age. And um, Jordan was with the first team. Milesy was like playing the reserve games, 
and me and Malzi were sharing it, really. We're sharing it. One game each. It wasn't you play well, you stay in. It was just they don't really care about winning. It's just about development and stuff. So it's just one game each, one league game each. And it got to a point where, you know, I they said to me, they really want me to play at competitive level, but they, they're they going to try and find me alone. So they spoke to everyone in League Two. No one said, yeah. It was obviously, you need, you haven't, I haven't got no experience, but, you know, like, I hate that word because... The only way to get experience is by playing. Mm-hmm. Like someone has to take a chance for you to get the experience. You can't just magically drink a liquid and then you've got 150 games under your belt. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's just so. Um, no, I um I saw Hyde. They, their goalkeeper got injured one game, so I spoke to the goalkeeper coach. I was I was looking at every result from Conference Prem, Conference South, Conference North, seeing what's happening if a goalkeeper was injured, if they had one alone that had got sent back or something. And I saw that Hyde's goalkeeper got injured, but didn't have one on the bench. So they put someone, an outfielder in goal, which is mad. So um, I got the goalkeeper coach at Spurs to um, to give the manager at Hyde a call. And uh, they couldn't believe it, really. They were like, why would he want to come here? And I was just like, you know, I, I really want to play. They're bottom of the league. Obviously, they hadn't won a game. It was like 20 games in. They hadn't won. It was at the time when you can loan any time of the year, you know. Mm. So um, I went there. I think it was October. It might have been November, actually. And I was there till the end of December and then I extended for another month we only we didn't win a game like in that time I think we drew three or four I remember one game we played Alfreton or Tamworth it might have been and uh we were winning 2-0 <laughs> and with five minutes to go they scored two goals I couldn't believe it so I was thinking ah but anyway I, just, I was really enjoying it because I was playing and I was getting a lot of experience playing with these people that I played in the conference and playing against you know, Luton played against Luton. They that was the year when they were Andre Gray was playing. They were unbelievable. They got promoted that year by thousand points, I think. So <laughs> they they were they were decent. And um, I went to I, I, yeah, no, I I extended for another month. And um, you know, we beat Welling. I'll never forget it because I I was in traffic and I didn't think I'd make it there on time for the game because you know London Welling's like re- I live in North London and that is proper South London that Welling like really really South. So I thought. I left like two hours early and it got to like an hour and a half and we were like 45 minutes away thinking, oh my God, like, I'm going to be late here. Got there like a minute before I had to be there and, and I couldn't believe it. Like, we won we won two, one or two nil, two nil we won and it was incredible. Like we celebrated that game like we'd won the Champions League. That, that might have only, been we, that might have been the only win that season. Yeah, it was season. the only win. Yeah. It was the only win. Yeah, it was the only win that season. And I was, you know, I was grateful to be a part of it. You know, yeah. it was their first win, their first clean sheet. But I think, I, and I left after that game, which was like <laughs> a good game to leave on. Like, do you know what I mean? They wanted to extend it for the rest of the season, but I think I had enough of conceding four goals a game, so I went back to I went back to the bubble at Tottenham. <laughs> but what's really impressive here is the hustle. The fact that you're looking up all these clubs and these levels to get a bit of match practice where you could just stay in the bubble and be nice and protected. Yeah, of course. You know, um, you know, I, I knew that the way I got into football professionally, it's never going to be easy. So I've got to like do stuff to make it so that so that I can have the best chance of, of succeeding. So mm-hmm. that's why I, I searched like everywhere. To um to see if I if any team would give me a chance and you know luckily Hyde did and you know that it helped me because um I think that summer I went to to Liverpool yeah it was that summer yeah. it was that summer I went to Liverpool yeah which was it, it was nothing to do with Hyde though I went to, uh, yeah it was nothing to do um, my coach that signed me at Tottenham moved to Liverpool he's still there now Alex Inglethorpe um, Ale- Alex Inglethorpe mm-hmm. 
and uh yeah he always said to me like wherever I go I'll take you because he like the way I played and that and he left and you know like when people say something you know like maybe at work when someone says listen I'm gonna get a promotion and you're gonna get a promotion as well like you never think like when he gets the promotion he's gonna promote you as well you just think he's just saying it like and now he went to Liverpool and he kept his word you know um Tim Sherwood was the manager at um at Tottenham at the time and he tried to keep me there I I, I just thought you know I think I should try my luck up north you know it was the season when they nearly won they should have won the league really with um that, that squad they had and you know they, they just come up short but you know it was a it was a great experience you know moving up there but no, I enjoyed it. So when you're at Liverpool, do you have access to that squad? Or are you training with the development squad? Or are you coached by the seniors as well? Because you are a senior age at that point, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I'm 20. I'm 20, maybe 21 years old. 20 years old, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was 20. Yeah, I've gone there. Um, I didn't train with the first team in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Got to like December and I was with the first team quite a bit. And then... Uh, no, it was it was it was normal, you know, like because Liverpool is different to Tottenham because Liverpool have two different training grounds, so you know you you train you get the call at like nine thirty saying you're at Melwood, which is like the first team training ground, or you or you stay at the academy one. So uh, everyone's just on edge, like when you come into training, everyone's wondering who's training with the first team. So no, nah, it was it was it was a good experience, you know. I would have preferred it if it was under one roof because I was doing some miles, you know, driving. <laughs> from the academy, from my apartment to the academy, then from the academy to the first team training. But, you know, it's, it's great. You know, I'm training with Gerard and people like that and Coutinho and players like that. You know, it's it's incredible. You know, you can't even complain like about that, yeah. to be fair. Is the, the ultimate aim when you're an under-23 player to break into that first team or do you consider it more like a finishing school so you can go on to the next club with all that experience that you've trained alongside and been coached by the best? I mean, it depends because in my position, it's very hard. It's very rare mm. you see a goalkeeper so young. I know the Bournemouth goalkeeper the other day did really well, yeah. but that's very rare. You know, like you don't really see like someone give a chance to a goalkeeper. They have to earn their keep, lower down the pyramid, and then if they're good enough, they'll come back. They'll go back on loan again. They'll come back, and then maybe they'll be good enough to play. Or the but the clubs at that level, they can just go and buy. You know, like they've gone by Allison for seventy-five million, whatever. So it's very difficult, but. You know, it's, it's 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 really hard. You know, I, don't, I wouldn't say it's a finishing school because some players, you know, you see it. Some managers they just give chances to anyone, and then some managers are really rigid and they really like the experienced players and players that have played at that level before. They don't they see the young players as a risk. So, I just think it depends on the manager that you have, and I think that's that's the most important part of it. Is the position goalkeeper the hardest position to establish a pro career? Uh, I would say goalkeeper and centre half. Yeah. I'd say, are the two hardest, yeah. Because you don't really see, obviously, at Swindon, we had, you know, Dion, Wolfie, Sid. They're all young centre-backs. Like, you don't really see that. You go to other teams, you've got 35-year-old with a 30-year-old or a 28-year-old with a 32-year-old. Like, it's, it's very rare you see two young centre-backs partnered with each other. And I think Dion and, Wolf, uh, Dion and Wolfie but the trend, didn't they? Like, mm-hmm. they were brilliant for however many weeks. So, I think... Um, I think you know. I think it helps you know when you blood them in young because then they get a taste of it. And then I think with young players, once you give them a little taste, I think that's it. I think they just want it mm-hmm. even more. So I think that's that's very important. I think it's something that you know the top managers now are, are starting to do now. So I think that's that's helping a lot of the young players in the country at the minute. 
Well, you have a full season with Liverpool before going out on loan. So did you play a lot of that development football? Um, was it like a rotation with people like Danny Ward? Um, did you get a lot from that season? Yeah, no, it was the same thing again. It was rotation. I think um, we didn't, it wasn't like an out number one. I think at that level, you don't really have like a number one. Um, it's just like everyone plays. We had a lot of games behind closed doors as well. So so if one if one didn't play on the on the Monday, there would be another game on the Thursday, for example. So there was always there was always games like that 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 was being on. So you know it's it's just it's just I think at that age, just playing as much games as you can. You know, just not losing your rhythm, not losing anything. So I think that's the most important more important part of of the development is the games program. You know, that's the everyone says it. But I think playing games is the most important part. Kelly is only a couple of yards away, but Digby manages to push it one-handed onto the bar. Well, here we go then. Swindon Town. (laughs) So you arrive on loan in the summer of 2015. It's a time of transition for Swindon because we've just got stuffed by Preston at Wembley and we've gone on to lose several players, including Wes Fodringham, who you are effectively replacing. What were your early impressions of Swindon Town? Uh, It was really good, to be fair. You know, I got the phone call. I was was out shopping in Manchester. We had a day off in Liverpool. I was out shopping. Get a phone call from Alex Inglethorpe, and he goes, um, "Viggs, uh, do you want, do you fancy going down to Swindon? They've got a game tomorrow against West Brom. Like, I think they want to see you play." So I'm like, "What? Like, I'm, actually, it was the Thursday. I'm lying. It, they want me to train on the Friday, and then play Saturday against West Brom. I'm just thinking, huh? Like, what? No way. Like, he's like, I, I said to him, "Are you joking?" Like, he's like, "No, no, serious." So I'm thinking, I've never played League Two. I've just played Conference. That was a year ago. To the bottom team and now I'm going to League One like he was like yeah but it's not you're not signing you're just going to play if they like you they'll take you so I was like okay listen that's that's more than I was ever imagining I was thinking I'm going to go back to the conference but to a much better team in the conference so I just like yeah of course so I've go, I go down um, meet the boys like Nate Thompson really really welcoming you know lovely lovely man um, comes in says hi to everyone uh, introduces me to everyone you know and I know it was a really good, really good vibe. You know, I already knew Bernie, I knew um, uh, knew Yasser, I knew John, so it was it was okay. Like I knew like it was okay to settle in, and uh, you know you can just get to know people along the way. And I think that was that was very good for me. You know, just getting in and and having that training session. And then we played West Brom. I don't know what the score was. Oh, I think it was about four one might... West Brom. I yeah, think, four yeah. one. I come on second half. Yeah. I played the second half, and then after the game. Uh, Mark Cooper sat me down and said, "Listen, we want to sign you for the, for a season." And I said, "I couldn't believe it." So I just said, "Yeah, of course, like 100 like." <laughs> and then we played Liverpool the next weekend, yeah. which I couldn't believe it was sold out. It was the first time I've ever seen the county round sold out. So <laughs> probably the last time, first and <laughs> first and only time. <laughs> and uh, now, to be fair, when we played Oxford, it was sold yeah. out. To be fair, as well, it was quite full. No, it was um, that was incredible that mm. game. I played really well. I know I should have done better with the second goal, I think, but. I think overall, you know, apart from injuring Firmino, who was like their record sign at the time or whatever he was, <laughs> I clattered into him in the first second. Other than that, it was all right. But yeah, it was a good, it was a good experience, you know. And after the game, I spoke to Brendan Rodgers and he said he thought he like, thought I'd done really well. So I think that that helped that spurs you on again, makes you more hungrier to go and perform again. What was your initiation song? I've done about three, you know. I'm not gonna lie. 
what was my initiation song? I'm not sure, you know. I think I done rap. I done like a London rapper. <laughs> right, or something. I, I don't even, I think I done one London rapper one. And I think I've done, I might have done World's Greatest. I might have done World's Greatest. I think so. I'm not sure. Yeah, I definitely did a London rapper, and I, and then the other one, I think I did World's Greatest. <laughs> well, you've got to think about your next one um, coming up. Yeah, I'll probably have to sing World's Greatest again. Can't change now. Right. Okay, he's been cancelled. You can't. <laughs> he's not allowed oh, anymore. <laughs> no, I, I've got to sing it. I've got to sing it. He's the only one I know. All the words to. <laughs> okay, so the coaching staff, as you said, there was Mark Cooper and Luke Williams. They played a very yeah. particular philosophy. Uh, that amazing. Me- that methodical play from the back it was hugely popular um when it was going well in in 14 15 it's also a risky business as well as most keepers of are caught out from time to time we always it sounds like it you've already answered my question but were you happy with that with that methodology oh, loved it mm-hmm. loved it yeah yeah it's amazing like um amazing style of football i can't speak any higher of that style of football because i think it's it's unique to the lower leagues but I think a lot of lower league fans, I think they get nervous because because of, you know, like if it's, for example, and it happens at the top as well, I'm not going to lie, you know, like when at Chelsea, for example, when I go, they get nervous when Kef is passing it to Jorginho, for example, and Jorginho's like just turning on it. And like, we, like they get nervous. Mm. And I'm sitting there and I'm saying, relax, like he knows what he's going to, he knows what he's doing. Like, but, but no, no, I loved it. You know, if everyone's on the same wavelength, I think it's, I don't think there's better style of football to pay to watch. Because I would pay to watch it every every week, like that kind of football. If I was getting that every week, I'd pay, especially in the fourteen fifteen season. Because I watched quite a few games. It was on TV basically every week, when you Yeah, well, so... at one stage we were doing all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it was amazing. Like, and I knew half the squad like at the time, and I loved watching it. So, nah, I really enjoyed it. Even the um, the video that you put up as your goodbye message is is that from the back goal against Southend. And South End, yeah. I watch it now and I think you're gonna make a mistake. Yeah, yeah, like that's what that's that's just the mentality of, <laughs> of fans that support teams at lower levels. But I think if everyone's on the same wavelength then I think they, there's nothing to be worried about. Yes, you may get the odd mistake. Mm. Uh, but I think for every mistake you make you might get four or five goals depending on the squad that you have and what or whatnot. So mm. I think uh no, to play in as a goalkeeper, especially with the style that I've been brought up in, like when I was at Spurs and Liverpool and you know that that that's perfect for me. I think that's that's the type of football that that I really enjoyed. Rose in for the injured Alan Sheehan. Here this evening, Christian Daly has lost out to Charlie Austin. It's a clinical finish, and it's the same old story. Charlie Austin scores for Swindon Town. Swindon career starts all right. Um, there's a bit of a hangover from the previous season, um, and then sort of results begin to dip. But the club and yourself made the nationals uh, quite early on into your career due to a, a little jape, shall we say, that you yeah. did of paying a, a £50 fine in pennies. Um, yeah. Town fans reacted like all fans do. The combination of, of amusement, which that's where I was. I found it very funny. Um, and there was, of course, outrage, uh, lack of respect, unprofessional and things like this. My main question really is, how much of a bollocking did you get from Liverpool? Uh, well, so I paid the fine in pennies. But <laughs> but, but, the, but no, what, the thing that no one knows is that so I've paid it. And I've, at the end of the day, 
I've taken the bag that I've paid the pennies in and I've given Nath the notes. Yeah. So I had the I had the pennies at home, so I didn't pay the fine in pennies. I just initially gave it in pennies, felt really bad because I do things, a lot of in, things on impulse, felt bad, took it back, given him notes and I've taken the bag home. So I gave the bag of pennies to my brother and he went to, you know, the little things in Sainsbury's yeah. where you like, you pour it in and then it gives you the, you pour the pennies in and it gives you like a receipt and then you go to the till and they give you the money, like the notes. Yeah. He's gone there and he's, he's got 50 pound, like, but no, I didn't pay it in pennies. I gave it in pennies, but I took it back, but that's what no one knows. So then obviously a lot of people then start to judge my character and say this and that, but they don't know that I didn't actually, obviously I shouldn't have even given it in pennies in the first place, but I didn't actually pay the fine in pennies, but then, yeah, I got sent back to Liverpool. Um, it was really hard to be fair because no one was like, the, I spoke to Alex. Alex was absolutely fuming with me. He was raging and he just said, you've ruined it. You've ruined it. Basically. Like you're not going to go and play there. They, they don't want you. And, uh, so I was up there, I was training, like I was training with a couple of, of the boys that were there, still there. Cause quite a lot of them went on loan mm. and, um, yeah, like it was, it was hard. And then four days later, I got a text from Mark Cooper saying, get yourself down on Thursday. And I was back down and that was it. That was the end of it. No. I came back and, you know, I apologised to everyone, everyone for paying the fine of pennies. But I didn't know, I couldn't believe it got, it broke out everywhere because <laughs> I didn't actually pay the fine in pennies. I was, I didn't want to comment on it because I just thought, what's the point? I'm just going to get battered here. So I just thought, you know what, I'm going to, I'm just going to not say anything about it. I'll just apologise and then we'll move on from there. But, but from there, I think people already made their, their assumptions about the type of person that I am. So to anyone that, to anyone there, like, I'm sorry if, <laughs> if, if you thought, if you thought I paid the fine in pennies and, and that was it. No, it wasn't. I paid it in notes in the end and I took it, took the bag literally two hours after I, I gave it initially. Do you think you lost sort of elements of the fan base forever from that moment onwards? Do you think? Uh, yeah, it would be easy to be fair, wouldn't it? Yeah. Like, you know, you just, you just people just judge you a different way and yeah. you know and but that's normal you know that's football yeah. i think uh i, I think uh, that's just that's something that you know we've got to live with you know and it's in our profession and if people don't like you they don't like you you know you can't change it sure. so i think um in my my opinion you know i don't i don't really look into what people say because i just feel that you know um that people just they just they just people you know on, on the internet like it could be anyone you know that's right in that it could be like a, a 12 year old boy it could be like a 48 year old man it doesn't matter like things you don't really bother me to be fair it's just words and you know at the end of the day i just try to try to do my best on the pitch and that's all that matters yeah. well you return apology accepted but within a few weeks mark cooper leaves the club what was your relationship like with cooper really good you know i still speak to him now you know i, I see a lot of people say i fell out with cooper didn't mm. you know i, I really I, I really like him i still i honestly i still speak to him now you know um he's a really good guy uh he's a good manager and I, and you know i wish him all the best at forest green i think he's doing a f tremendous job mm. there i think they, they were one of the best teams we played this season mm. so um you know I'm, I'm really happy for him uh it was it was it was sad you know when he because you know you don't want anyone to lose their job you know i've had about 12 managers at Swindon but you know you don't want it you don't want anyone to lose their job it's, it's, it's always it's always it's always sad when when someone's out of work and you know I, I really like Cooper I've got a lot of time for him that that last game he had against Millwall there was a, this kind of like a famous picture within the Swindon fan base of him at half time just sat there looking at his text messages do you remember anything from that event 
Um, no, not at all. No. Well, I remember the game. Yeah. I remember we had we had one shot on target in ninety minutes. Yeah. And it was Jordan Stewart from about fifty yards out. He shot. It's bounced in front of Jordan Archer, who's in goal actually for Millwall. Yeah. And he, Jordan Archer's just like cuddled the ball. And I was like, wow, we've had one shot in 90 minutes. <laughs> I can believe talking. it. I remember after that game, I was driving back to London because I went back to Swindon yeah. after the game and then drove back to London for the for the next day because I think we were off and we got a text saying we're all in tomorrow. So I had to like do get off the motorway at Slough, turn around, come back up to Swindon and we were in the next day. So to have a meeting. And yeah, it was it was sad because, you know, I, re- I really, I really really liked uh, Mark Cooper and I thought, you know, like, you know, it's, yeah, like I said, guys, you never like to see someone out of work. No, not at all. And, and after a little caretaker spell, Martin Ling comes in and he steadies the ship. Um, his spell really is, is the reason why we're not in a lot more trouble than we could have been. Would it have been any different had Ling managed to stay at the club longer, do you think? Yeah, you know, Ling, Martin Ling was, was good as well, you know. He was very, um, he, he was he was very, he was on the training ground every day. He was, he was, he was good with everyone. Um, he helped a lot of the, a lot of the squad to be fair, you know, gave a lot of the squad confident, their confidence back. And, you know, we got a few good results and I think obviously it's, you never wish, you never wish what's happened to him on anyone to be fair, you know, it's really bad bad thing to have depression and you know I, I always wished him well and I did send him a text when he when he left you know wishing him the best mm. and you know I'm happy that you know he's back with Orient and he's in a position at Orient where he's he's not doing everything day to day and he's up and up in the up in the stands and you know I wish him all the best and I hope they do really well next season because you know like I said um, Martin Ling's a really really nice guy and he's a legend at the club isn't he so mm. I'm, re- I'm really happy for him for what he's done at Lane Orient Luke Williams seemed a very popular person amongst the players. All, a lot of players cited him. Uh, they preferred him to, say, Mark Cooper, for example. Why was Lou Williams so popular behind the scenes? I just think he's got the best football brain I've ever worked with. Probably the best football brain I've ever worked with in terms of, yeah, in every, in every sense. I think he's amazing with what he does, you know. Um, obviously, the results weren't the best that season, but in terms of knowledge and knowing how to how the game should be played, it's honestly it's incredible. And I think I can see him working if he gets the right job. And I know he's at Bristol City now, but if I see him, I can see him going back into management if he gets the right group of players. I can see him doing something really special because you know, like he's he's a really really good manager. He's a funny funny character as well. And um, yeah, no, I really enjoyed. Again, I really, really enjoyed my time with him, and I, I really get on with him. You know, I think he's, I think he's amazing, and I wish him all the best as well because I think, I think there's a top, top, top quality coach in there, and I think he'll, he'll come out, and people will start to see it soon. I think the, one of my biggest regrets in this, in, in as a fan's observation, is we had a diamond coach, and perhaps manager wasn't the right choice. We just should have kept him behind the scenes. Uh, yeah, maybe, yeah. You know, like, you can never know. I think um, he, he wasn't... To be fair, when he first came in, we were doing well, weren't we? We were like... Yeah, it started really well. Yeah, yeah it started really well. That was in the season, the first season. Yeah. Like, we coming for the last half of it, I think. It was doing well. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it's just it's just football, you know. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, you know. And that's just, that's just the life and soul of it. But to be fair, he's got himself a, a really good job at Bristol City, working with their 23s. And, you know, I'm really, really happy for him because... Like I said before, he deserves it. 
Who were your closest pals in those early, that first season as a, as a lone player? I really, uh, I was with Kevin a lot of the time. Kevin, yeah. Nave Thompson, Lou Thompson, Jordan Turnbull, uh, James Brophy. You know, I got on with, I get on really well with everyone. To be fair, There's, I don't really have a bad word to say about anyone. You know, I like to be like quite loud in the changing room. You know, keeping everyone together and stuff. So, I think that's that's one of the things that that I try to do. Okay, so second season, well, yeah. <laughs> um, it does not go well. Um, what, what, what went wrong in 2016-17? I think if you watch the games back, I think we just didn't score enough. Mm-hmm. We, we out-possessioned out every single team, mm. apart from maybe Sheffield United. Was Sheffield United? Yeah, Sheffield United, yeah, they went up that year, didn't they? Yeah. I think we out-possessioned every single team, apart from probably Sheffield United away. I just think we just didn't have the killer instinct up front to get goals, and I think if we scored a lot, a lot more of our chances, I think we would have been, I think we would have been safe. But you know, that's something. There's all ifs and buts, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but I think, I think to be fair, we played really good football, but we just, we just couldn't get the right results, and that's just that we can only blame ourselves for that. To be fair. So, so, um, so Nicky yeah, Jose's, Nicky Jose's, uh, twenty-four. He's gone, and and that's the killer. I think that's the killer, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think if we, yeah, I think if Nicky Jose has he scores the same amount of goals he did in the first season, I think we stay up comfortably. Yeah, because we drew quite a lot. No, I got twelve clean sheets that year, so it means we must have drawn nil nil quite a lot. That's what I mean. If we if we win those games one nil, mm-hmm. you know, we stay up easily. So that's just football, to be fair. Do you think in that in that second half of the season that we've got maybe we've we've got too many players coming in and out of the squad? We had those Chelsea guys come in. Um, it just seemed a little. It just seemed a little desperate nearer to the end. Yeah, we just we went we went gung ho, didn't we? Mm. You know, and we got we. The thing is, we get the Chelsea boys in the first game. We beat Bolton two one away. Like, and then you think, wow, like we actually are. We actually can beat the big teams. It was just, it was just one one after another. You know, it's just. It's sad because I really enjoyed playing, playing in that in that squad and playing with those players. So it's really really sad. It's it's really sad. That's probably one of my worst. This is my worst, my worst moment in my career so far. That was going to be my next question. Actually, what was the mood around the squad when we when we were struggling? Was it generally good? Were you feeling like, well, we can turn this around, or was it yeah, quite low? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. No, no, we thought we could do it. Yeah. Like to be fair, like and then we play Scunthorpe and we're you know we're playing really well. They score a handball goal. Like, it's just when the decisions don't go for you, yeah. they go one 0 up with a handball. Yeah. You punch the ball in. I remember it clearly, and then you know it goes goes from there. Like, oh, sad, yeah. but you know it's yeah, it's the worst moment of my career by a yeah. mile. I have to ask about Tim Sherwood um, because when he arrived, we we were told he was he came in this in this press conference that he was the director of football, and it ended at the end of the season with I was just doing it as a favour. 
how active was he around the training pitch and around the club during that short spell? Uh, yeah, he was he was around quite a bit to be fair. But you know, um, I liked him again. Another really good motivator, good coach, very good with with young players. And yeah, like he's a he, he knew the squad inside out because he he knew he comes to a few games anyway. So no, nah, I think it was I think it was good. I think he was. In the beginning, it started off really well. We beat Charlton, didn't we, on TV? And I think, uh, you know, it's just it's foot, it's football. You know, it can it can turn in an instant. But <laughs> no, nah, I think um, I have no bad words at all to say for Tim. I think um, he's, he's proof in the pudding with with everyone that's that's playing now from it, from our Spurs team. So that how much of a good coach and how much of a good um, worker he is. So there you have it. <laughs> what was your reaction though when he came down to the dugout against Eastley? I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I was just like, what's going on? But you don't really pay attention because you're concentrating on the game. I just looked over and I just I just seen him down there. I was thinking, I thought he was up, up there and then it's back on the game. Mm. That was another game as well where I couldn't believe it as well. Yeah. You know, I just think you get a draw there, it's a tough game and then you go home and you almost expect to beat him and then they just score two early goals and then that's it. Yeah. It's it's a tough season. I can hear in your voice that you're like you you're thinking back and you're like oh bloody hell yeah. that was tough going. But you still you still get player of the season that year, which is a nice. I guess it's a nice way to end it. You'd rather stay up. You'd rather be playing League One. Of course. But at least you're at least you're recognised by the fans uh, by getting that award. Well, to be fair, like I've always said, you know, like in terms of personal awards, like I don't really I don't really um care for them really too much because if I if I wanted all them personal awards, I'd I'd be like a tennis player. You know what I mean? So that's the individual awards. Don't really care. Like I would rather, I would have rather won every game six, six five or eight seven than mm. kept twelve clean sheets. Do you know what I mean? I rather had no clean sheets and stay in League One yeah. than have twelve and go down, which was like, you know, like it's, so it's it's in individual awards. Like I just, I'd rather the team succeed. Let's have a bit of fun because throughout your Swindon career, you enjoyed a loving relationship with Oxford United supporters. Um, Oxford may have won the wars, but you certainly succeeded in winding them up a couple of times. I, I, I don't know where it comes from. <laughs> I, honestly, honestly, I don't know where it comes from. I think because I don't know. I think it's because that year I was having a good season, personally, mm-hmm. and I just think they wanted to target me. But mm. and then obviously. They beat us. I kick one off. Maguire goes in. And I just think, oh. and then the home one got rescinded. I didn't even touch the guy. No, I get no, sent off. They, they all they all came to the ref saying it's me, and yeah. I, I was like, it's not me. I haven't touched him. But the referee, you know, he just gives it. He sends me off, and like that just that just does it for them, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, and I put the thing up today to say um, bye to everybody and to bye to everyone at Swindon, and they're the ones commenting. So. Yeah. They, they they really they, I don't know what it is but I'll tell you one thing I, I will never get a free drink ever in Oxford that's for sure well that's good because that 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 pretty much confirms that you're not joining Oxford which is which is good nah. to hear <laughs> no chance absolutely no chance um I think I think it must come from the uh, the rebound sort of moment and things like that and of course in the um the checker tray trophy one on the bench you're also getting a little bit of a scuffle there or they get wound up by you when one of the players gets sent off I think it's Maguire isn't it no it's McDonald oh McDonald yeah McDonald's, yeah he gets sent off that's because he got me sent off in the home one yeah in, in their in their one in, in, at their place he got me sent off yeah. he slid into my face I got up just pushed him and he's like moaning 
I'm like, Brett, how can you give me a yellow for that? Oh, I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. But yeah, it's just when you get a yellow there and then you get a yellow. I mean, when you get a red there and a red at home, obviously I'm the easy target. So mm. that's football. I really hope one day they play each other, Swindon and Oxford and Swindon beat them because I'm sick of seeing them saying seven or six in a row. I'm sick of it. So I hope they play each other and Swindon win. <laughs> You're not the only one, mate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this may, I don't know if this comes as a shock to you or not, but you're a goalkeeper with a reputation of what they call nowadays shit housing. Um, you do like to celebrate in front of away fans at the county ground, which, by the way, I enjoy immensely. Um, <laughs> and that results in you getting lovely messages on social media and so forth. But again, it's just a bit of fun, right? No, I just think, you know, like, you give it to me all game. Yeah. You can't, you can't expect not to get it back, like, do you know what I mean? Like, but only, I only do it when I know we're going to win. Yeah. Like, I, I wouldn't do it at 1-0 with 40 minutes left because it's just, to be fair, I did it at MK this year. I think when Keshi scored, because mm. they scored and then we scored straight away and I was just, just telling them to calm down. I just, I didn't celebrate. I just turned around and was just like, put my hands up and down, wave my hands up and down saying, calm down. Like, just relax. Game's not over yet. We scored literally a second after they scored. And luckily we won that because I was getting absolutely hammered everywhere. But it's worth it. That's all that matters. <laughs> you know, when you win when you win the game, that's all, that's all I care about, to be fair. I'll do anything to win the game. That means upsetting opposition fans or, or getting into other players' heads. And I'll do it because I just want to win games of football. I, I do agree. I do feel that football fans can be holier than thou and spend, you know... 85, 90 minutes giving dogs abuse out and when a footballer sort of does the shush sign or cusps their ear to them, they seem to think that's that's a jail sentence, you know, incoming, yeah. you know, it's a criminal offence to response and I, I think I would be exactly the same if I was a footballer, to be honest. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's a bit of fun at yeah. the end of the day, like, it's just, um, if you can't give it out, if you can't take it, don't give it, do you know mm. what I mean? But fans will always give it and then when a player gives it back, they go crazy. But I don't mind it, to be fair. Like, I, I don't mind. If you want to boo me, you can boo me. I think it makes me play better. So it doesn't really bother me at all, mm. at, at all, to be fair. Well, it's League Two now, and it's another manager. As you said, you have had about 4,000 managers at Swindon. <laughs> and this time, it's David Flickcroft. If I'm honest, he's not exactly the most popular figure in Swindon Town's recent history because... Well, he, he bailed at the first opportunity when we were in, when we were nicely poised. What what was your experience of Flickcroft? Uh, he was in the beginning. He was okay, you know. He was he was good. He's oh, let me think what to say here. He's um, it was hard for me, really, really hard because I was brought up playing a certain style of football. And uh, I was getting 50 touches, 60 touches a game, which obviously as a fan, you don't want to hear like the goalie's touching the ball 60 times a game. But um, I was touching it 60, 70 times a game. And, um, you know, we come into F Flickcroft and I was just kicking the ball long. Like, and it was just, I should have handled it better, really, to be fair, because, you know, it's football at the end of the day. But it's just, I wasn't enjoying playing football mm -hmm. there. I just didn't enjoy just kicking it long and, Started really well again. Every time, he starts really well. Beat Carlisle away. Who, by the way, Carlisle that day played really, really well. Like, in terms of how in terms of how I want to play, they played really, really well. And we were just kicking it long and we got two goals on the counter. 
oh, one goal was a free kick and then the other one was on the counter. I just couldn't believe that I was playing in a team that didn't have more possession than the other team. And I just couldn't work my head around it, you know, as the games went by. But, you know, um, to be fair, like we were doing well that year. Mm. We did really well. Like in terms of we were always we were always near the playoffs and I think we could have actually got into it. So you know, it's just but I think uh it just went it just went bad because, you know, I just didn't handle things the right way. I got sent off in the tunnel for abu- what they say abusing the ref. All I did was swear at him and 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 walk away. And uh, I got um I got a red card, so Never seen that before, but it happened, and I got four game ban. So now after that, it was hard to get back in the team. Yeah, that, that that is the turning point. That that red card, isn't it? Um, for you and Flickcroft, and and at one stage, your Swindon Town career. It's, I mean, Flickcroft. It's funny because Flickcroft did leave Swindon, leave Swindon in a, in a position that was either in the playoffs or absolutely on the brink. But yeah. it wasn't a brand of football that Swindon fans particularly enjoyed. And I do think we probably would have slipped out. And I think maybe Flickcroft knew that when, when he went to Mansfield. Yeah, you know, um, I think uh, if he's going to go to a club that's got a much bigger budget than what we have, you know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll play, players would do the same thing, you know. Yeah. So, you know, I think he brought in players for his style. You know, they worked for his style. You know, like that style is, is not the style that I would play personally, but you know, like sometimes you just as a player you got shut up and I didn't, you know, and that's that's my that's my fault. It's nothing to do with him, like that's me. I shouldn't have I've not argued it, but I just I wasn't hundred percent committed to playing and that's wrong, I should have been. And that's and I can see why he gets upset about it and that. But no, I don't I don't I don't hate him like everyone thinks I hate him, you know. I have a bit of banner on Twitter, you know, when I put the wheels falling off GIF when they were struggling at Mansfield, but Nah, it's just a bit of banner. Um, you know, I don't have any. I don't hate him or anything. So, I think uh, obviously I don't want him to go. I'd rather Mark Cooper goes up. Mm. But like, if he goes up, then congratulations to him, and I wish him all the best. Be that as it may, at the time, and even in retrospect, to be honest, the move to Waterford on loan felt like a bit of a punishment more than anything. And I mean, moving to Waterford felt like maybe the owner Lee Power wanted to make sure that he kept you at the club by sending you to his other club what was ever what was the whole situation around that like um well the, the owner rang me and he just said to me uh, do you want to go and play games because I don't think you're going to play here and I said of course I just want to play football you know but I was at home every every Saturday I wasn't involved or anything and I was going actually going to watch a lot of Chelsea games mm. which is fun but at some point, like you want to do your job, do you know what I mean? So uh, he rang me and he just said, "Listen, do you want to go and play at Watford? You know, they they just got promoted, they got good players. So obviously, it's, it's different to Swindon." And I said, "Listen, anything, I just want to play, you know, mm. just want to play football." And I and I went out there and it was honestly the greatest time, one of the best times I've had in football because I went there with no expectations you know just teams just got, got promoted I didn't know what the level was like and to be fair we did we did really really well for the time I was there and, you know like I just want to thank well everyone there that helped me because I was in a bad place mm. I wasn't playing football and I was I just wanted to play it again and they helped me out Is it one of those helped you fall back in love with the game sort of situations or was it not of, that Of course yeah of course no no of course because again the style again was it was better than what I was playing what I was playing at Swindon, but it was obviously a million miles from from Luke Luke Williams and Mark Cooper and everyone like that. So, but nah, I really really enjoyed it. 
I'll, I'll remember those those days for the rest of my career because I think um, apart from just playing games again, it was just being a part of the changing room and, and having fun every day. Mm. wasn't allowed to use our phones before training, so we'd all have to interact with each other. And it was just it was just brilliant, like you know, like just, we have it was just fun, mm. and that's what work should be. It should be fun, like well, not sh- it shouldn't always be fun, but you know, like for the majority of the time, it's fun. And then when it needs to be serious, it was serious, and we had a good system. The captain was really good and the manager was fantastic. Goalkeeper coach was brilliant as well. They all helped me out and, you know, um, I'm really grateful because I don't know where else I would have gone. So it was just to play football and, I, and you know, like I really enjoyed it. I stayed a lot longer than I, sh- I, I was loaned for. I stayed, I, st- I wasn't meant to be there that long, but I stayed because I was just enjoying it and we was on a great run and we were like near the top of the league. So, you know, like at the end of the day, they got European football obviously has been taken away now sadly but just to even qualify in the first season it's amazing you know it's like Wolves what the Wolves are doing now this season you know like getting close to getting into the European spot so nah it was it was it was really really I really really enjoyed it do you think lower league English football is missing a trick by not using the Irish leagues uh, for transfers as much yeah because that league is full of young players mm. full of young players it's a really really good league to be fair like obviously some of the teams are not as good as the top teams, but the top teams are really, really good. Like, and uh, they play, they like they play good footballs. Some of the top teams, and you know, like it was, it was good games. Like end to end, a lot of saves, a lot of passing. It was good. I enjoyed it. I think a lot of lower league teams should go there. Cause I don't think they'd be that expensive to buy them. So no, I think it would be like a, it'd be a good place for for lower league clubs to get players. And and you were out there when, when Flitcroft would have left, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I signed for Watford on the Thursday yeah. and Flitcroft left on the Monday. Yeah. He left on the Monday. <laughs> so then I was trying to come back. So yeah. I hadn't played a game yet and I was trying to come back to, to Swindon. <laughs> but the international transfer date finished on the Friday. Yeah. So it was it was impossible to um to come back. But in the end, I think it's helped me because, yeah. you know, I've gone there and... And you know, I played. I played twenty games. I think I played. So I think that that's helped. That's helped me a lot. You know, in terms of how to deal with with different styles of football, and it made me more mature. You know, as a as a player to um to understand what to understand what different st- cultures of football are like, and mm. I think it helped me. It helped me quite a lot. And it was it was a move that again the assumption is that Lawrence Figueroa would be naughty in some respects and again yeah. it was just a case of falling out of not playing by the um, by the tactics so therefore you're falling out of favour because you're not kicking it long and therefore you needed a loan deal nothing more than that well no I, I, used to, I was training on my own I went out I went out stupidly with with Brophy it was well documented we shouldn't have gone yeah um, but I just felt like he, he picked on me and Brophy to be fair I think uh, obviously we shouldn't have done it like, we both stupid we shouldn't have done it and uh we were just, we just thought, you know what, like, we just have a few drinks, whatever, and we just, we'll, we'll um, we just have, we'll just have a bit of fun, but it's stupid, we shouldn't have done that, like, you know, um, that's just, that's just immaturity and it's, it's stupidity, and I think, uh, no, nah, that won't happen again, because, you know, you just have, you have to learn, you know, sometimes you have to learn the hard way, and I, and I think I learned the hard way, I was, I was back, I was training on my own, and then, uh, yeah, it was just, it was the whole of January, I knew that I wasn't going to get sold, because, I had like a sell on in my my contract and stuff, so so I just had to just weigh it out, and it takes a lot of mental strength, you know. When you you, you don't see anyone, you're not allowed in the building when other players are in the building, you know. Um, 
so I just think, but but I think I handled it well, and then I went to Waterford, and you know I think uh, I think it helped me very very. It helped me a lot, thank, thankfully. Hoddle and Moncur combining in the middle of the field. Now David Kersley. Good ball for Ling. Good effort. Yes. Three minutes to half time. Martin Ling's first goal of the season gives Swindon Town the lead. Was anyone ever in for you other than a move to Watford? There, there was there was a few, but mm. at the end of the day, like it's very hard to buy a goalkeeper yeah. not really playing in league in league two, mm. you know. So it was it was very difficult, and uh, we just have to yeah. It's just sometimes you have to just bite bite your lip and not say anything and, and just go and play football, and that's what I done. You know, I went to went to Watford, and it was it was a good experience. And Phil Brown's your next manager. Yeah, Phil Brown. So he he's looking after the club while you're out in Waterford. So you, you don't have much interaction all with him until the, the summer? Or uh, is he in touch with you um, just to say, look, what happened previously is is done now, come back, fight for a place? or? Yeah, no, he, t- he texted me while I was at Waterford, yeah. just saying he wants me to come in and train. So I came in and trained and he said, why are you there? I just said, like, I just want to play football, you know. Like, no disrespect to Waterford, I just want to play football. Anywhere I would have played, I would have gone anywhere, so... He, was, he understood that and he respected that and you know, I trained for a few days. It was good to see the boys again and uh, yeah, it was good. He came to watch a game. I played quite well and to be fair, him and Dean Thornton came. Uh, I didn't get to see him after. I could just see him though. He was glowing in the stand. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, he's, he's, he's really good, Bill Brown. I really, I really liked him to be fair. And then he just told me to come in pre-season, be ready. I had an extra week off because obviously I finished in the 1st of June. They would have finished in the first week of May. So, and I got an extra week off, which was which was perfect. Uh, I was by the time they were back in, I was itching to come back in, and I, yeah, I came back in, and uh, it was good. Really, yeah, I really enjoyed my time with Phil Brown. You obviously work closely with the goalkeepers. So during your time, you work with Ty Belford, Will Henry, Reese Charles Cook, and Luke McCormick. What was your relationship with those guys like? Yeah, no, I, I think uh, I get on really well with everyone. To be fair, like mm-hmm. with all of them. I still speak to Cookie now. Like he's a he's a really good guy, and uh, wish him. He's at Shrewsbury, so I'm happy. I'm happy he's he's back in England now. So hopefully he'll get some games next season. Mm. Mac is immense, like in terms of um, experience. Obviously, he's played however hundred games. He's the most humble man on the planet. Um, you know, I'm really I'm really happy for him. I hope he does really well next season if he if he's playing. Um, and Will Henry. A lot of potential. I think it, I think he'll do really well. Again, he's a he's a goalkeeper that he's different to me because he could stay out all day doing goalkeeping, mm. all day. <laughs> I'm more of a I'll do my set and then I'm and then the next person going. He could stay in. We'd ask him. We'd we'd, we'd say you're doing four. We'd forget he's done about eight. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's done about eight eight saves. We're like, wow, this guy loves it. Loves it. But he's got a lot of. He's got. He'll improve a lot. You know, he's he's a nice guy as well. And I'm, you know, he's 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 been in the um in the England youth setup, and you know, he's taken a lot of things from there. And I think it'll it'll, it'll help him to become a much much better goalkeeper. And you know, with Macca around, I think uh, can't have anyone better to pass experience down down to you than him. You know, he's played at in the Championship, played in League One, played League Two. So he's he's perfect to have around the camp. You know, because 
you know, he's been there and seen it and done it. Who were the characters during your time? And this is your whole Swindon career. Who were who were the jokers and what sort of stuff would they get up to? I'd say it's probably me. I'm up there just messing about. Danny's immense for the changing room. You just you never know whether he scored a hat trick on the Saturday or he's been an unused sub on on Monday morning. You know what I mean? Because he's just the happiest man on earth. He's quality for the changing room. Ah, there's been a few to be fair. I think Rico again. It's always happy, like never moans, just having fun, enjoying it. And obviously Tails as well, it's just happy, you know, like some, they're the play the characters that you need in the changing room, you know. You can't have people that are serious all the time. Sometimes I can be a bit serious, but um those those three they they they, they made me laugh, so they helped me out. Were there any more closed off players, any more sort of like like you said, serious faces who were all about the method and just winning and, and without like really cracking much of a smile? No, nah, no, nah, not really. Nah, nah. I think you find those players the higher you go. Yeah. The higher you go, there's there's like moodier players. But no, nah, no, nah, everyone, everyone that I've been in with at Swindon from League One, League Two, they're all, they're all just, it's not fun, but it's like, we just, we just, we enjoy each other's company. There's no, there's no hate or anything. There's no dislikes each other mm. so that's the that's the um that's that's it really like we don't nah there's none none of that nah yeah and what about you you your goalkeeper coaches because goalkeeper coach is pretty much a new thing over the last uh, decade or so if you look at team photos in the 90s there's never a goalkeeper coach in there you're coached by steve hell dean thornton and steve milden hall how does a goalkeeper coach's methodology change are they all pretty much the same or do they all did they all bring different ideas to the table no nah, they all have different ideas mm. and it's it's mad like because I didn't really think in depth in goalkeeping until like I had a goal, proper goalkeeper coach when I was younger at Spurs like yeah. I just used to think nah like it's just what we would do is keep out the net but nah there's different styles of goalkeeping and it's good to learn because you know you go to like well you have it at Spurs and you go to Liverpool it's completely different then you go to Swindon Steve Hale it's completely different to Dean Thornton it's completely different again to Steve Milner then I go to Chile and the Chile goalkeeper coach is it's like he's speaking Hebrew to me out there with what he's thinking and then I'm just thinking what, what's going on like it's just it's, it's mad like but you know like it's, it's it's good to pick up pointers everywhere so I think I've got a, um, a trait from all the goalkeeper coaches I've worked from and I think it's good to have different styles like I said before it's different to have good different cultures ingrained in you because then you can adapt to different styles a lot easier hey let's, let's talk about Chile um, because it's the most remarkable thing considering that this has happened in your career while you've been at a fourth tier English side that you've been on the bench for the Chile national team four or five times training alongside some genuine modern day heroes of Chilean football Arturo Vidal, uh, Gary Medel, um, people that have won the Copa America back to back it's clear that you're in the thoughts of Chile coach Ronaldo Rueda but from my observations, and you can correct me on this, there always seemed to be a little bit of friction whenever you returned. And I always assumed personally it's because, you know, if I'm if I'm a coach of a team like Chile and I've got a goalkeeper here who looks like he's the real deal, I'm going to be telling him, you're going to be in my squad. You might even get a game, but you're not going to do that in the fourth tier of English football. Do they give you that sort of advice? Yeah, they give me they give me that little they give me a vibe of that. To be mm. fair, like he said, he really likes me, and you know, like, but he needs me to be playing in a in a in a, in a higher standard, yeah. which is understandable. Yeah, you know, course. like 
it's um it's 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 incredible that I even go to be fair if you think about it you know mm. um because I I watch the Chile league every Saturday every Friday to Sunday I have the app on my phone I watch all the games and some good goalkeepers there and like I just can't believe I go but I always said to myself when I was younger if I got in the door I think I'd I'd, I'd do well mm. and uh, I've done really well and um I train in with yeah like you say like top top class players and you know like. It's just crazy, you know. They're playing Gary's at Besiktas. You got Arturo who's at Barcelona, Alexis at Man United. Like it's just, it's incredible. Like and you got me swimming in town. Like it's just, and no disrespect, but like compared to those clubs, it's it's mad how you get in there. But mm. you know, it's it's football. You know, if someone's talented or someone's got ability and they're not playing somewhere where they should be, like you know, it's not their fault, is it? Like it's just it's football, you know, and um. I'm grateful for that opportunity because I go there and I get to see the world. I went to Tokyo, I went to Sapporo in Japan, went to South Korea, and I've been to America mm. and Mexico. So I get to see, I get to see stadiums that are full like, and I'm watching top class players. Like I watched, I was on the bench for the South Korea game. I'm seeing Son, he's like God out there and it's, and it's, it's mad. Like, and I'm, and I'm sitting there and I'm going, I'm literally in the same team sheet as Son. Same team shit as Vidal, same team shit as Alexis Sanchez. Like, it's, it's mad, and you know, like sometimes I have to pinch myself because it's it's incredible. But the, the I'm lucky because when I go there, I know like half the squad because I was in the under twenties. So a lot of the under twenties have made the transition up, and like they're playing at big clubs in Mexico, and some are in Europe, and and uh, yeah, I know them, and you know, it's good to see them, you know, from time to time. So it's it's nice to see how they're getting on. Obviously, they ask how I get on, but. I'm just like, yeah, we 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 drew with we we drew with Yeovil, one one, and he's like, yeah, we you know we beat Real Madrid two 0 the other day. I'm like, oh, God, so like, I just I just um I just keep it I just keep it quiet, you know, and I don't really yeah I just you know it's, it's hard because you know you go away I'm speaking English every day here and then I go there and it's just Spanish complete Spanish there and obviously I I can speak Spanish fluently and and I understand what everyone's saying but you know it's. It's good. It's it's just a bit. It's, it's good, but it's a bit difficult, you know. When you just you go from one language to, to completely the other language without knowing no like in between. Yeah. So it's. But no, I, I enjoy it. You know, we've got Cop America coming up in the summer. Hopefully, you never know what can happen. You know, so hopefully, you know, I get in the squad. But if not, then at least I've been in the plans in the in the in the in the past, and hopefully they do really well. So you don't fancy Colo Colo on a on a four year deal yet. <laughs> No, I know the goalkeeper there. He comes with me to the international. Uh, nah, he's really good. Nah, nah, I don't fancy him. I will go there at one point. At some point. Nah, it's, yeah, it's my favourite club in the world. So mm. that'll be the club that I wanna I wanna play for before I retire. Nice. Okay, so your final return from international duty um, is pretty much the end of your town career. The scene. There was an observation by Richie Wellens or his staff um, that perhaps they felt that you weren't putting much effort in away at Oldham during the warm-up and then you asked to duck out of training so you could see the facilities at your new club. And of course, as you can appreciate, when fans are reading those comments, they're probably either thinking Viggs is at it again or he's you know, causing trouble generally. This is an opportunity yeah. for you to, to say your bit, really. Yeah, yeah, no... Um... I spoke to I spoke to um, Hunty just to ask if I could go, but it wasn't like 
it wasn't like I had to go or anything. I just said, would it be possible? It was just me and him. Like it wasn't, um, it wasn't like in front of everyone or whatever. And uh, nah, he just said no, and then that was it really. And then he just said to them, must have said to the manager, and the manager just said like, like nah, like it's not on whatever asking. And that's just normal, like you know, I shouldn't have asked anyway. I said I've already apologised to them, so uh, I don't think it was malicious or anything. Like I don't think deep down they think I'm a bad person or anything. So. I think that's that's all that matters because I, I I don't think I'm a whatever I'm painting out to be I'm definitely not you know, like so um I, I I try to this is why I've come on here you know just to try and clear the air and on things like that and you know I've apologised to them and you know I spoke to them recently and you know I've, I've said that I wish them all the best you know in the future because you know I think with 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 those two at the helm I think and Pete Shirtliff of course. Mm-hmm. I think I think they'll do really well next season, and I and I really really hope to God that they do. That that was my next question. Actually, was do you? I mean, there's there is a element of the town fan base that are positive that if Wellens has a good summer, you know, replaces you, brings in the 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 areas like left back that we can compete under Wellens's philosophy. Hand on heart, do you think that would be the case? Of course, of mm. course, yeah. I think uh, I think um, the manager now has got really good philosophy. I think he sees football the right way. It's quite similar, not exactly the same as Luke Williams, but I think he sees it quite similar to that. Mm. Obviously, we haven't had the players, you know, this year that in terms of to play that expansive style of football. But I think if he gets, you know, if he gets the right players in, you know, I think. Sundan will have a very, very good season. I think with him at the helm, you know, he's very good. I think he's he's very honest. Mm. Um, and I think that helps, you know, you can't have a manager that's um, quite deceitful that will say something in front of everyone mm. and then to your face, they, they, they say something completely different, you know? But I think with the manager now, you know, I think he's, I think he's really good. I think we've, we've shown him quite a few games this season like that, that it can work. And I think once he gets the right players, I think, Will be will be outstanding. I think. Obviously, look at the well. We I say we as I'm Swindon, but no, I always support Swindon. Like I see, like the Colchester game we played, they were like fifth or sixth, and we took them apart at the county ground. And then I I see the highlights of the Berry game, just took them apart again. You know, like so we've had we've had like some some moments of quality, mm. and then we've had some where we should win, but. You know, I think once he gets his once he gets his players in, and he and he has a good preseason with him. Obviously, it's very hard coming in halfway through the season, like you know, to try and implement a complete different philosophy onto players, mm-hmm. especially lower league players, because you know, if you go to go at the top level. I think most many of the players can play both styles. Some players can play even three styles, and then you go to League Two. It's like you've been brought in for this style, but I want to play. But the man, new manager wants to play another style. It's very hard to transition. In, in lower league football so I think um, yeah no, I think it will do really well once he gets his, his style of player in yeah, why, why have Swindon been so inconsistent over the last two seasons because it's clear that we, we have a squad that was that had the potential to be in the playoffs minimum and then it, we just told off we were beating these teams that were far sort of higher up in the leagues and then we would drop silly points here and there why is that? I have no idea mm. it's a million dollar question I was actually speaking to um, Kyle yesterday, Kyle Noyle, yeah. um, about, uh, look at the playoffs. We haven't lost one game to a team in the playoffs this season. If you think about it, we drew with Mansfield twice. Yeah. 
We beat Forest Green home, home we drew away. Mm-hmm. We beat Tranmere home and away. Mm-hmm. And we beat Newport at home and we lost, we drew away. And they're the teams in the playoffs. Yeah. And then we play the teams at the bottom. Like, obviously, it's, it's, it's incredible like how we've not lost to any of those teams. And yet we, we, we lose to Crew at home or Crew away or you know, oh, yeah. we draw with Port Vale at home. Like it's just, it's a lot of ver- variety of things. Like, but you know, I think, you know, obviously for the club that's Swindon are finishing thirteenth, fourteenth is not, it's not what what we what we aim for, what we achieve, what we're trying to achieve. So, mm. I think, um, no, nah, I think if the fans stick with it, I think, um, I think the manager now and and the staff, I think they'll they'll do something really good next season, and I and I really hope they do because, like I've said before, Swindon are a team that minimum should be in League One minimum with the fan base that it has. So I really hope they do well next season and I really hope they um they, they achieve what they set out to achieve, which is get into get into League One. Me too. Um as we as we close, um a penultimate question really is uh what are as you as you look back now, as you're still referring to town as we, which I love, um but that will <laughs> slowly but surely come to an end. But of course um, you'll always look out for town, as as we're always told. But what are your favourite memories of your Swindon career? It's a tough one. I think beating Luton away with Flickcroft, that was a great result. Results-wise, let me think of another game, maybe one in League One. I don't know, you know. I don't think of personal performances. I think maybe the South End one, the draw, the draw one one, because we were hanging on, hanging on, hanging on. And then... You know, we, we we stuck to what we was doing. We stuck to what we was doing. We played out. We scored. That's another one. And obviously, my my favourite would be probably my debut because you know we were one 0 down, saved the penalty, and then Nathan Byrne goes and becomes messy for for an hour and <laughs> scores three goals. So yeah, I think that one was that one was probably right up there. You know, first ever league game. I think that'll be my favourite. And what about? off the field so what are your favourite memories have been because you've played with a lot of players you've socialised you've worked alongside a lot of Swindon Town players what what memories will you have from that? No just the whole changing room banner you know um, you know, a lot of the players now that were there last season are not there the players from League One as well uh, I, got on, I got on really well with everyone you know I didn't I didn't not I didn't dislike anyone I, I really enjoyed working with every single player I've worked with every single goalkeeper coach and the majority of managers. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> nah, nah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Obviously, I used to stay in speaking to Luke Williams after training, just about football for like two or three hours after training. We just sit down and just speak just about football, about different styles. And, you know, I think I, I really miss those times because, you know, I just, I, it's just, you just taking, you sponge, you're like a sponge. You just take in what he's saying. He's just, he knows everything. So, I think that helps, you know. <laughs> to be fair, like he made me want to be a manager, but I don't think I'll be a good one. <laughs> <laughs> and and finally, is there anything that you would like to say as we close? Because not everyone has Twitter um, and things like that. Is there anything that you would like to say to close off? Um, I'd just like to say thank you for supporting me, you know, through, through everything. And, you know, uh, I'll always be watching out for, for Swindon Town's results because I'll be like a big fan in the future. And um, I really hope that, that, that we go up next year because <laughs> now nah, because it should be minimum league one and you know I'm, I, and for anyone that I've offended you know with, with paying the fines and stuff like that I hope I've um, my explanation and that and I'd like to apologise for all the things that you see in the press and stuff like that it doesn't 
you know what I mean? It's obviously it's it's, it's finished now. It's, it's in is in the past. So, and hopefully, you know, hopefully you guys get promoted. That's that's the most important thing. I hope we do, uh, Lawrence. I'm a big fan of footballers with character, and you had plenty of that. Both good and bloody frustrating at times um thank you so much for coming onto the podcast and all the best at your new club thank you very much i appreciate it the low strangers is an independent swindon town fan podcast the music was expertly created by matthew kilford and the podcast artwork is by the super talented john daglish Thanks for listening. Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up, what was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.